I'm Jean Dyan, and I'm the host of the SAP Concur uh, Conversations here. I am the vice president of the value experience team here at SAP Concur, and my team works with customers on uh, thinking through business outcomes and using data to provide new and exciting ways to solve for problems. Today, I have Ralph Kalunga with me. And Ralph, would you go ahead and int introduce yourself? Sure, you bet. Thank you so much, Gene, and it's a pleasure to join you on this podcast discussion today. And as Gene said, I'm Ralph Kalunga. I'm a thought leader here at SAP Concur. So thought leadership. I think today what we're going to be talking about here is travel. And I was thinking about this conversation with you, Ralph. I, I think about it every time I talk to you about travel. I was talking to my daughter the other day who is working. She's 26 years old and she travels a lot for work. And I was thinking about how when I was that age traveling for work, heavens, I had only been on a plane like maybe three times in my life. I wasn't very travel savvy. But I think about my daughter now at 26, she's been to multiple countries. She started traveling when she was two months old. Wow, <laughs> she's had a wow. lot of, yeah, 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 I started taking her along. And um, she's had a lot of travel experiences, uh, a lot of opinions on how she travels, her loyalty to brands. She's got um, the idea that she would prefer to stay in a place that makes her feel more like home rather than a hotel. That whole idea of going early or staying later because she's still, you know, with her friends all spread around the country she wants to visit them and so if she's in an area where they're near she'd love to extend her travel or even take vacation time to areas where she had never really been before and I started thinking all of this really ties back to how generations are really adapting to how they how they travel it's not just technology but it's kind of who they are it's the time they were yeah. born in and what we brought to it so right. i was just thinking have you been seeing that kind of change i mean my daughter hopefully isn't an anomaly is she oh not at all and and, and let me just state that yeah i mean you're absolutely correct gene in that you know each each decade has bought new challenges new technologies new opportunities and, you know, a, a next generation's level of expectations and, you know, a new generation's approach to work and problem solving, you know, will simply be different from, you know, the previous generations. Now, you know, what I'm what I'm absolutely astounded, you know, when we start talking about this topic and I get really excited about it, you know, and, and in one way I get excited, but it's also a little bit concerning. And that concern really is this, is that, you know, no one could have predicted the devastating you know global impact that that the C19 pandemic had you know and and as as the pandemic morphs to becoming endemic you know we we have and are experiencing you know what I would what I would describe as one of the greatest paradigm shifts in the evolution of the travel and expense industry. And that's something that that we've just lived through. And also, really, it's it's not only the paradigm shift of the industry, but also it's the management thereof. You know, in in terms of these uh, these services. Now, while the fundamental pillars of TNE programs remain, you know, being compliance, uh, spend governance. Uh, employee experience, you know, process optimization, you know, the rapidly coming new paradigm shift as I see it, which we can predict and prepare for, you know, will be one of, of it'll be a generational one. And what I mean by that is that, you know, this is going to require kind of a, a, a modernization 
of T&E management mindset and of the end-to-end processes in use today in order to meet the, not only the current employee experience expectations with this paradigm shift we're in, but also then the new one of the, of the next coming generations and how this is really about moving your T&E program you know, forward from kind of a recovery state to one of resilience and adaptability for these next, gener- next generations that are, that are coming. I know you've mentioned to me before, as it relates to the differences um, in how we used to run programs to how we're looking at this new age of of hybrid work and and the changing of the guard, as you as if it were from, you right. know, from the leadership to the next new sets of leadership. It's more of a sell don't tell kind of kind of approach i i know i've lived through some of the old um ways where it was always that you you shall do this how is that sure. changing and how is that resonating with with our with our travelers as as we move into these new phases and new generations of travel yeah you know i i think when we're talking about the generations and, and we should probably you know kind of define that um, but you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I'm a baby boomer and of course, you know, after baby boomers, you, you had gen X, then, uh, gen Y or millennials or, or gen Y not, as I call them. And then, you know, from there we go to, to gen Z, but then al- then we're coming into, in addition to that, the, the, the alpha generation, and, and I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail on, on each of these now, you know, pretty much the, the millennials, as I see it are moving into certainly positions of power and and the millennials were born anywhere from 1981 to 1996 but they are definitely um you know moving into positions to where they're, they're going to start taking over the management and then you've got gen z which were born pretty much 1997 to, to 2012 and then again alphas follow after that you know starting with 2013 now you know when we when we start thinking about again each generation um you know being being a little bit different you know i'm really try to focus i guess really all of my attention on what i would say are the zoomers or gen z if you will mm-hmm. as well as then you know what we have to really start thinking about is the generation alpha and i'll, I'll describe a little bit more why that's so important but you know one of the things generally speaking with gen z and the alphas you know, millennials were smarter than certainly Xers or baby boomers with regards to their adaptation of technology and understanding that use a little bit more. Now, in many ways, millennials were were kind of reared on technology, but not 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 completely absorbed in it as they had to kind of balance between the analog and digital worlds. Now, with regards to Gen Zs and especially Gen Alphas going forward. There is definitely a, um, th- these are two generations that are very well in tune to technology. Um, now, certainly with Gen Zs, as we kind of witnessed with kind of the great resignation in 21 and 22, they're not afraid to leave a job if they're not happy with it. They're willing to stand up for causes that they believe in. You know, they they socialize online. It's kind of their main method of interaction. And, you know, they definitely are hardworking and somewhat, you know, risk adverse as far as that goes. And, and I think for the most part, they are quasi 
independent, although they like traveling in groups, definitely strong advocates, you know, on things like sustainability, et cetera. And, and, and I give them a lot of credit for, for driving that forward. Gen Alphas, you know, uh, again, because they are, are, are so in tune to technology, you know, um, kind of technology wins over human connection. Uh, they're, they're definitely, you know, going to be very heavy social media users. Um, I think that they have a really, of you know, they're, they're much more, they're going to be hyper-connected. They're going to, their, their social acceptance is going to be of high significant importance, meaning, you know, how they interact because they're going to, they're going to utilize the mobile tools, if you will, for that interacting much more um, and probably much more efficiently than any previous generation. Um, they're, they're independent uh, they have their independent needs and they want those adhered to, or they want those taken care of. I kind of think personalization, if you, if you will. Um, and they're going to be very versed, obviously, in digital learning, highly opinionated. And again, I think in some ways it's it's probably true with, with both these generations, the future generations we just, we just described and talked about, you know, there, there are going to be somewhat, um, I, I would describe that as being somewhat their tension spans are not I, I guess they're they're going to be you know definitely multitaskers. Mm -hmm. Now, when you, when you talked about you know the value proposition, let me if you don't mind, let me just just uh, kind of kind of revert back to, um, you know, I I I, I these are almost uh, this is nothing new. I mean, in terms right. of these these generational changes, right? Yes. And 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 certainly, you know, I didn't want to be like my parents, and and on and on and on, right? So that's right. Uh, but you know, when I, when I think back with regards to specifically around the area of, of travel and expense management. Now, where this is a kind of deja vu moment for me when I think about the, the travel and expense managers of today and what they're going to be going through very shortly here is that when I joined Salesforce back in 2008, you know, the average age of the company at that time, I was told, was 27 years of age. Now, that would be just about the tail end of the millennial generation. You know, and, and my age was was two times that plus a few. So as I came on board as this new director of travel and expense management, and I had been in the industry for 20 something, almost going, you know, 20 plus something years. One of the things that I had to immediately figure out was how do I understand and manage to the expectations? And in addition to that, communicate with this younger generation. Now, the bottom line is that it required, it really required that I change, that I think differently. Um, if I were going to survive in this, in this strange new environment, if you will, not, not so much as, again, I understand travel and travel management, but this wasn't about me teaching these employees how travel expense was to be managed in the corporate world, but really rather how I needed to listen and move away from the old command and control mentality that I knew about to one more about employee empowerment and choice choice enablement. And so it really was moving away from a, a uh, sell, not tell, uh, if you will, messaging, meaning it was about selling the value proposition but allowing employees to make their business decisions based upon their business needs within the framework of our policies. But it wasn't about me 
just telling them how they had to do things. It was a quite different, it was, it was quite a shock for me to step away from that, quite honestly. Yeah, you know, and I think about that, what you just said really resonates with me because I look at my team, they're all X and Ys, and um, the way that they travel is far different than what I remember traveling like at their age, where, you know, it was it was really tied to exactly what the policy could say or do. Right. We're going out and we're looking for things. We're, we're trying to find the best food truck in the area that we're going to, or we're looking right. for that really amazing experience that we've seen on social media that we want to experience when we get there you know, with that, with, with, with my team. And, and I love that about them. It's the, it's the experience of travel. They're still seeking experience in that, in that type of travel, whether it's business travel or personal travel. And, and I think about that often as well, because I think about it from a cost savings perspective, right? Where we're looking at these things, part of what policy is there to do is to help guide on cost savings, but it's really not about that straight travel savings anymore, is it? It's across multiple areas. You mentioned, you know, how we have generations now who are really invested in the sustainability, not just the carbon footprint, but all sorts of pieces of sustainability. We're talking about, the, you know, you said they're willing to move if they have to. They're they're not tied to an organization. If it doesn't meet what they're looking for, they will get up and move. So those costs across the entire organization, retention, recruitment, you know, how are we looking at travel policies to accommodate that that travel savings, but also the savings to the organization in many different areas. Absolutely. You know, it's it's really interesting that most corporate travel programs are really geared towards the prior generations of travelers and most companies hanging on to policies and processes that were born from you know the 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 kind of really a pre-digital time frame and and it's and it's always been kind of a new generation's approach to work and problem solving you know from the previous generations and you know it's it's not that it's not that the new generations can't learn from the previous generations but there's a newer approach and a more diverse approach and a more open mindset that comes with each of these newer generations. So as a result, I, I think it is something about, you know, these next generations, they're, they're going to prefer to want to work for companies that align with their principles and really embrace, you know, how they see a diverse work environment, you know, should should work for, for them, quite frankly. Now, you know, it it's definitely... You know, when we, we have to keep in mind, I, I think one of one of the one of the concerns with regards to the Great Resignation, as an example, and to your point earlier, you know, we got to keep in mind that you know it's estimated that the average cost of an employee is about a hundred thousand dollars. Now that that's just rough rough estimates. That was last year, and it's 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 pretty safe to say that you know you can you can look at an employee. And the cost to replace that employee is anywhere from 100 to 150% of their base salary. And for the C-suite, it's over 200% of their salary. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, if an employee makes 100000 that's what it's going to take to cost and or more to replace that employee at a minimum. 
And then to your point, you know, we have not only the recruiting costs, the onboarding cost, the lost productivity, um, you know, potential impact for employee morale. If they're seeing a lot of people leaving the company, you've got, you know, you know, the, the training cost, lost institutional knowledge. And then I think, you know, there's the potential for, for, for culture impact as well. Um, whenever someone leaves, you know, leaves a company. So those are things I think we definitely have to consider consider going forward because those things are, are real cost, you know, real dollars to the bottom line and have a real, you know, a real impact without question. Right. I, you just made me remember uh, one of my first customers in the value space was looking at T&E as a retention tool. Mm-hmm because they were a high tech organization. And so they were hiring people who were whizzes at high tech, but their back office and their travel policies were outdated. And so as, as these employees came on board and started to have to travel and were running into issues along the guidelines and the policy itself, and then the tools they were using and how they were put in place, they started to lose people because they felt that the company wasn't walking the walk. And I think it's something that we all have to keep in mind as we move forward as an organization. It isn't so much talking about how high tech we are, or how we are able to support uh, all areas of the business. We actually have to support all areas of the business in the best and most uh, advanced way possible that makes sense for the organization. Absolutely. I, I, I could I could not agree more. You know, the the keeping up with technology uh, is something that is just it's just going to be, you know, you're going to have to do this without question. Right. You know? Right. Because we have things like artificial intelligence and then the, you bring in blockchain, you bring in biometrics, you bring in, um, you know, virtual even as we go down to things like virtual card usage, the usage of mobile. All of these pieces are, to your point, something that the next generation of leaders have lived with for the majority of their lives. They have come up with technology. They are just expecting technology to make their life better. And if it doesn't, they're willing to move forward. So if we talk a little bit about that, can, can you give me a little bit of insight into where we should be looking from a technology perspective for, for these next generations? Absolutely. You know, um, the acceleration of technology is ha- it's really happening faster than anyone ever thought possible. And it's all those areas that you just mentioned, whether it's AI, machine learning, you know, uh, blockchain, biometrics, et cetera, you know, but it's moving faster than anybody thought and both in subtle and not so subtle ways. I mean, and as an example, you know, artificial intelligence is not something that's coming but it's already here and, and impacting and influencing and really enriching our lives in every way. And technology will just keep accelerating as it's as it's continuously improving itself. And it's also saving you know, companies millions of dollars in handling you know, typical mundane tasks of reducing and eliminating you know, human error. Um, the fact that it can conduct work you know, 24-7, 365, and really that helps with increasing work productivity. So, you know, what companies, you know, wouldn't want that within the, within their business operations. And in, in our increasingly AI and ML driven world, organizations that embrace and, and understand, you know, the importance of data 
algorithms and the effects effective use of computation are the ones that will thrive you know and in the very near future now you know in addition to this tidal wave of coming new t and e technologies again it, it'll as we previously mentioned you know it's going to be essential to line these you know with the dynamically shifting employed demographics and just just to keep in keep in mind just as an example of this you know it is estimated by 2025 just two short years from now, mm-hmm. Gen Y and Gen Z will make up the demographics in the workforce. And these generations will be the early adopters of new technologies um, as it will be what, what comes natural to them. And by 2030, just you know, five more additional years from 2025, Gen Z will be the largest workforce demographic and Gen Alpha will be coming on board. So in less than a decade, we got two major shifts that that'll, that'll be taking place, and two major shifts that are that are uh, you know uh, very very astute with regards to and 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 you know uh, the use of technology, and at least for Gen Z, study after study is showing their requirement for greater travel flexibility personalization, as you mentioned before, and really kind of this increased use of mobile devices and apps. Generation Alpha will be the most technology advanced generation to date. You know, growing up with mobile devices, AI, ML, social media, and really robotics as part of their everyday lives. And thus, they're going to be, again, considered to be the most technology infused demographic to date as well. Mm -hmm. And Gen Alpha and technology are so so intertwined that it's estimated by the time they are eight years old, they will surpass their parents in technology skills. Think about that. I mean, I believe it. I believe yeah. it. A hundred percent. I, I, I believe too. it. No <laughs> doubt about that. You know, and, and also, you know, the, the the alpha generation will never know a world without the Internet of Things, right. smart technology, and virtual reality. You know, these these you know the alpha generation you know are, are really born at a time. When technology devices are getting smarter, everything is connected, you know, the, the physical and digital world are coming together, you know, uh, and you know, as a result, as they grow up, new technologies will become part of their lives, their experiences, their attitude and expectations of the world. Now, collectively, these two trends being technology and employee de- demographics will reshape the necessary rethinking of travel and expense management as their expectations become norm over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's no getting around that. No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> you mentioned about, about the alphas being, you know, so far advanced technologically. I was talking to a friend of mine who has a grandchild in that, in that age group and he was staying with her and she asked him to turn on a light and he kept saying, Alexa, turn on the light. <laughs> and her yep. lights weren't a- attached. And she said, no, you, you use this switch. And he had never actually oh turned gosh. on a light from a switch. <laughs> he just would yeah. walk in a room and say, Alexa, turn on the light. So I get what you mean about that. As we face these changes, as we look to how we future proof what's happening and rethink those norms of travel to not only attract and retain, but actually survive these changes, 
if you were to have three recommendations for companies to really kind of future ready their travel programs, what would they be? Well, you know, I, I think that the first thing I'd say is that what's in particular to travel, specific to travel and expense management, I would say to the travel and expense managers to think bigger picture and more strategically. You know, it, it, it's so many of, of the travel managers um, really, you know, have used their roles to kind of be the police, if you will. And I would just strongly urge them not to do that. You know, don't waste the time, you know, on on trivial things that that really don't matter all that much. You know, realize that, you know, um, it's it's more important for them to sit down and, and try to focus on how do they how do they improve things overall for their travel community. And and also I think recognize their place, you know, in in their in their in their role within the larger picture, meaning that this isn't about you know their needs, you know, and, and, um, meaning that you know the needs of one being you know the needs of one being the travel managers don't outweigh the needs of many being the travel community, and so it's a matter of focusing on how do you, how do you serve them and serve them well? How do you sit down and understand that you, your role is to help provide them? you know, the tools that they need to allow them to be, you know, successful in business. So I, that's that's one of the things I'd firstly, firstly remind people, you know, about you know, how to improve that. The second thing I would say is it's extremely important uh, to align with your travel community, really like never before. You have to keep your finger on the pulse of their expectations in this rapidly changing and, and really evolving business landscape. Again, focusing on what will the next generations need and want within the program and help, how can you help, again, you know, improve your program to make sure it's trying to meet all those business needs that, that, you, that you possibly can. And, and lastly, I, I would just, just state that this is a moment of change. You know, it, it's an opportunity for these leaders, if you will, to go forward with an innovative mindset, you know, allowing your your teeny programs to become more agile by adjusting policies to to the current business landscape, by simplifying and automating processes with technology as much as you possibly can, and really by eliminating as many friction points for the employees and supporting, if you will an inclusive environment uh, where, where employees feel like they're being heard and actually helping to make a difference in a positive way across so many different areas. Uh, and, and that would really be my advice. So if I can just kind of summarize that back to make sure I've got it right, it's that whole idea of thinking strategically, not tactically. Let's, yep. let's really make sure that we're serving the people that we're there to serve Absolutely. the company and the, and the travelers aligning with those travelers so that we know what they need and maybe what they want so we can deliver more quickly on what they need and what they want because we've got our ear to the ground and then that idea that change brings opportunity and if we can eliminate friction and show them that we are listening and that we care about the things they care about we become more agile as an organization absolutely i could not have said it better all right 
Well, Ralph, I know you are deep in research all the time as one of our thought leaders. So I can't wait to hear uh, what you're looking at for even uh, a more expansive future proofing of our organization. So I, I, I hope to have you back on the podcast at some other time to talk a little bit further about some of these topics in a deeper uh, discussion. So I'd gladly, uh, yep, I'd gladly welcome that, Jean, anytime. Yay, yay. On behalf of Ralph Kalunga and I, uh, I want to thank you for your time today and listening to our SAP Concur Conversations podcast. Please feel free to drop us a line and let us know how you liked it, if there's any topics you'd like us to explore further. Um, so on behalf of SAP Concur, thank you again and talk to you the next time on SAP Concur Conversations. <music>